Welcome to Season 2 of the Predator Podcast. Here on the Predator Podcast, we will talk about all things predator hunting. If you're a predator hunter or wanting to become one, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Drew, and on this podcast, we will talk with fellow predator hunters all over the United States about the tips and tactics they use to put more fur in the truck. I'd like to give a special shout out to my partner for the Predator Podcast, Dark Knight Outdoors. If you're in the market for a thermal optic or accessory, uh, look no farther than Dark Knight Outdoors. Jamie is second to none. I got a chance to meet him, sit down with him, and he's a great guy, and customer service is off the charts. I would highly recommend it. Uh, If you look at my description below, you will see there's a couple of discount codes there. You can use the code PREDATORPODCAST23. That'll save you $50 on a thermal optic, and there's also a, a code there for accessories. Check out the link in my description below, and check out Dark Knight Outdoors for your next thermal optic purchase. All right, guys, I'm back. Predator Podcast. I got James O'Neill back on today. I had him on for a couple episodes in season one, so he's a familiar voice and hopefully a familiar face for most of you if you've watched his videos and podcasts and all the things that James does. So, uh, James, thanks for joining me tonight, man. Anytime, dude. I appreciate it, Drew. Okay, so I'm not going to give you guys the rundown of who James is because you should have got that in the first season or figured out who he is by now. So I am, we are just going to talk today about, we're going to talk about bullets and in specific bullets towards coyote hunting. Um, I think just there's a lot of misconception about bullets and velocity and, and the different things that go out there today. So James and I are going to, talk about bullets and maybe talk about our opinions, thoughts, and hopefully some facts to share with you guys to help you narrow down your setup and maybe solve some problems that you're having. And, uh, to start out, James, um, you can, you can, uh, how about you run me through your, your setup currently, and then we can talk about what you used to use and then we'll just kind of roll through it. Yeah, so uh like the the you're talking the the current selection that I'm using regard the, yep. like my 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 yep. rifle selection with everything that I'm shooting out of it or just the the cartridge well, with just, the mainly just your cartridge and your bullet. I I mean just okay. then we'll we'll start with cuz I know you switch, so we'll just talk about okay. that and then okay. kind of what you used to use so on and so forth. Yep, yep, that sounds good. So right now I'm go I'm we're running the 22250s in all of our coyote rigs. And that's the night rigs that are designated for nighttime use. And that's also our day rigs that de- designated designated for daytime use. The, the uh, bullet that we're running this year are the 62 grain, they're Hornady 62 grain ELDVTs. And uh, for those of you guys that aren't familiar with that, it's it's brand new. It just came out within the past, I want to say, weeks, if not a couple months. And uh, I, I was on the lowdown with that, I would say, test and evaluation program. No, or, or yeah, it was testing and evaluation, a little bit of research and development. But they got a hold of me. I know a fellow that, that works at Hornady. Um, he used to work at long rifles Inc up in the black Hills when we used to do our custom rifles with Chad and I still have Chad do work for me. Regardless, he left there and started a job at Hornady and he's, he's a really, really smart individual. Like 
he need he he's in the right spot with what he's doing, like engineering smart. Yep. And he got a hold of me last year and said, Hey man, uh I kind of talked to them a little bit and I'm like, would you guys be interested in doing something exclusive with us? And they're like, well, you know, come to think about it. This has nothing to do with 62s regarding exclusivity or anything, but, but I come to think about it. We're actually developing a new bullet right now. Would you be interested in trying them? And I'm like, absolutely. Um, and it, it basically they were the the first version, the prototypes of the 62s, they were 62 grainers, but the O jive from the case, from the bullet base, to the ogive is was a little bit longer versus I, I I might be wrong. I'd have to go up into my I've got it written down. It's right up in my my cupboard, but I think it's like ten thousandths longer than the projectile that they revamped and made it 0.52 uh inches from the base of the bullet to the ogive. So they changed it up a little bit. Anyway, we were running those all last year. And they performed really good, but we had, we, we didn't sign an NDA, but it was just confidentiality. You know, they said, Hey man, would you please not say anything about this where they're not ready to come to the market? Just if guys are asking you, just, just nobody would know anyways, there's only three of us. And it's not like we're telling everybody what's going on. So it was just mutual, you know, respect we were running them, but there was some issues with those. They weren't shooting that easily. So we were usually with the two fifties when we're reloading they're i would say inherently accurate there's not a whole lot of of load of development that has to go into a 22250 to make it shoot generally that's kind of what i found and these when we loaded them yep. they just they didn't initially just zing in and and create a half or even quarter inch group or i should say they didn't create a quarter or even a half inch group they were more along the lines of you know initially a three quarter to maybe an inch and for us, that just it kind of throws a red flag because something is not right with the rifles yeah. and the reloading. So we would tweak them a little bit and they were a little more finicky regarding seating depth. It seemed to me, and we got them to shoot good enough for, for our liking. And when I mean good enough, I mean under three quarter, preferably under half MOA. That's just, even though we're shooting most of our coyotes at, 50 to 100, 200 yards, 300 yards max during the day for videos. Um, my goal is a substantially better group than just minute of coyote. And so we made them work, yeah. dude. We made them work and we addressed it. We told, I told my contact at Horny, I said, dude, I'm telling you, though, I like the design. I like what you're thinking here, but they are, they just, they're not, they're, they're, they're not there there's something about it and, and they dropped they gave us like a thousand of those bullets and we were just freaking hammering the shit out of them or excuse me we were just hammering them pretty hard you know yep. and um they then yeah. then they told me they notified me hey man we made uh you know appreciate the input uh, thank you you know that's why that's why we wanted to have you guys run them and we've made necessary changes try these and they just instantly like instantaneously we dumped 34 grains of varget in uh, Keith's running Norma brass, John's running Nosler brass. I'm running Lapua brass. We got Hornady brass laying around. Uh, Federal gold medal match two ten primers, yep. and we just seated those. Uh, I'd have to measure my overall length, but we seated them so that they're really close to the lands. Not trying to make that uh, primary factor, but we just set it there so we weren't jamming them into the lands. We wanted them back off a little bit, and uh, yeah, and they shot, dude. I mean, we didn't do hardly any load development, no powder charge development. 
Um, no real seeding depth development other than just making sure it's not getting pushed into the land. And they, the first groups out of our right. custom day rigs that we built, they were a quarter inch groups. And so it goes. Nice. So that now I, I got, I'm looking at a box or a stack of them right now. One, two, 500 there, another 500 there. I mean, we've got a few thousand of those 62 LDVTs that are just, uh, we've stacked. There's yep. a big, there's a big, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. I'd like to take a quick second to talk to you guys about Dark Knight Outdoors. As you guys know, Dark Knight Outdoors is partnering with me this year for the podcast, and I couldn't be luckier to have them join me. Just a couple of the things that drew me to Dark Knight Outdoors, uh, they will match match pricing. They don't have any sales tax outside of Illinois, and quick and free shipping, no credit card fees, and you get a free external battery pack with a quality mount to come with your purchase and not to mention if you use code predator podcast 23 at checkout on a thermal optic you're going to save fifty dollars so you're basically going to be able to price match uh, to the best price you are able to find and then save fifty dollars on top of that also if you're in the market for accessories uh, he jamie has so many different accessories down there dark night outdoors you can also use the code PPACC23. So that's PPACC23 to save 25% off all accessories. So go down to the show description and look at Dark Knight Outdoors website and you will not be disappointed. So my question, so, okay, so. To give you guys a background, James shot the 50 grain for years, right? You shot the 50 grain yep. VMAX for years and years and swore by that, right? Um, and really, I mean, you didn't necessarily have issues with it to switch, right? No, no issues at all. I right. Mean, yeah. yeah no. So you just, in, in testing, you know, you found that you like this round. So um, I think what a lot of people... You know, can I ask you what velocity you're running that at? That 62 yep. out of your 22250. Yep, we have 18 inch barrels, and we're not pushing it excessively. There's no pressure science, and yep. we're getting really close to right at 3,400 feet per second. Dang, with with 34. That's grains really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. Man, that's impressive. I'm actually surprised. I expected it to be like more in like the 3,200 range, but dang, that's really impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh-huh. So one thing that I am seeing all over the place these days is um and and we'll we'll, we'll come back to the LDVT, but I just want to talk about this too. Um so one thing I'm seeing all over the place these days is I'm going to run, you know, a 22 Creed more, 243, uh, you know, a 6 millimeter Creed more something along those lines, uh, uh, what I would call a more of a speed cartridge when then people dial it down and then shoot like a 58 grain bullet out of it or, a you know, 55 grain or a 53 grain. And they're shooting these bullets at like 4,000 to 4,200 feet a second. Well, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but if in my mind or in my experience, the faster you push your bullet, the more explosive it's going to be in a thin jacketed fragmenting bullet. 
If it, does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. So in theory, you hit bone, you hit, you get a quartering shot, and you hit shoulder, you hit, um, you know, something like that. Your chances of that splash on the outside of the coyote and running forever and never finding it, like that's what pretty much what creates that is, is that bullet splash that we you hear people talk about. Yep. Basically, what I'm getting at is people like you know you throw that in a 22 creed more uh, even because I've, I've heard this um, about the 62. It's like hey the you know the 62 is no good and you know I shoot it out of my 22 creed more and it my coyotes all run off with it. Well, it's a bullet splash. It's a you know I'm sure it's probably shot placement too, but obviously that's that's a that's a big part of it. But just the overall like just pushing it too fast almost for for what the bullet is if if i was gonna go to that route i would shoot a 75 or a 80 or 85 i've actually even seen uh we shot one in kansas this year with an 80 grain 243 i think it was an 80 yeah 80 or 85 grain uh burger vld quartering shot shot in the shoulder splash we had to track it for like you know 700 yards yeah yeah, I mean that that yeah, that's that happens. Yeah. So do you do you when it comes to like a quartering shot or like things like that, do you have is that something that's in your mind when you shoot stuff or are you just do you try to avoid that or how how do you tackle that? Um no, we pay very close attention to that. There's a big forum or a big, not a big thread, but there's a thread going on Predator Masters right now that's going over the topic that we're yeah. talking about. And I I just have, I, I have a, a lot of different concerns. I just actually just saw random, coincidentally saw another video today of, I can't remember the guy's name. He used to be on the outdoor channel quite a bit with a hunt and show. And he's an older fella, probably 60, 70. And he was um, ranting and raving about the new 22 Creed with some dude that I, I don't know who the guy yeah. or, or who the guy works for, but really marketing the cartridge. And that's fine. But um, in my mind, it, it's almost like, it's almost like guys asking me, Hey dude, you know, they see a double or a triple come in and instantaneously, Hey dude, what do you, what, what are you using to call? And I'm like, man, it's not always about what I'm using to call. I, I go it, you in this instance right here, I, I can tell you what got us to get these coyotes in one. First of all, we got lucky that we got into this spot without them seeing us get into the spot that we made the yeah. set at. That's, that's prop first and foremost. Right. Second, they came in from a location that allowed me to get the footage third 99% of guys that go out and hunt wouldn't have exerted the energy that we did to get into the set. I, we outworked, we literally outworked the other hunters. And, and I'm like, I, I probably could have played anything on my call other than, you know, some retard, something stupid, you know, but I'm saying a vocal or a, or a distress or something. And probably they probably would have committed. Uh, but it was primarily yep. because we walked in so far to a set that we knew there was coyotes there and we knew that nobody hit it up and we knew that we could be successful or had a good chance at it. Most guys wouldn't have done it. And the same, a very similar principle goes to, in my mind or my opinion to, to shooting. Uh, everybody's ranting and raving about all these new cartridges, all these new bullet selections, all the velocities versus this or that, a shorter barrel. Yeah. We, all these guys that are ranting and raving about the Creed were the guys that were bitching about 
us cutting the barrels off of our 2250s completely destroying what that initial concept was by slowing it down 100 feet per second you know they were just now you see yep. them with the same same exact thing with the 22 creed with with a little more case capacity basically a 250 ackley and anyway what yep. i'm getting at is this there's bullet splash there's bad projectiles there's better projectiles there's high velocity there's lower velocity if you can't shoot and hit the area that renders that animal incapacitated then there is no magic bullet that is going to make the fur not get ruined and it's not going to make that animal yep. dead right there so to answer your question absolutely dude when i'm when i'm thermaling I I'm the one counting down when we do synced up shots. I, I prefer to be on the moving coyote because yeah. I'm the one counting down. I would rather have my other dudes have a stationary shot where I don't have to eyeball or, you know, look peripheral and see that their coyotes are moving. I can focus on my moving and then they can take theirs while they're still doesn't always happen that way. But shot placement is the, the, after you work a load and you get that thing shooting a quarter minute, dude, you, you weasel that thing into a place that will lock that animal up to where he won't move. And I'll, I I said it on Predator Masters. Yep. I'm a prime example. I'm not throwing a stone at anybody. I've, I have two, I have three shots this year at night, three shots where they should have been all synced up, either a good synced double where two coyotes lock up, tip over, or um, triple where all three coyotes on the same screen lock up, tip over. And it was my fault. It was, in uh, and, and, and when I say my fault, I can use that, that lightly because one of them the coyote was tugging on a cow and my hold on his shoulder when yeah. i shot he moved forward and it zinged it right behind where i wanted to hit it you know there's certain things like that that you just you yeah. honestly dude no matter how good you are you can't account for but apps and then the other one that ran away and i mean i'm I, these are engraved in my mind one coyote was kind of slightly quartering a, towards me a little bit and I don't actually, yeah, slightly, slightly towards me. And I don't know what I did or if it was walking or what, but I shot and it hit him just a little bit high. And when I mean high, absolutely no fur damage, not, not bad at all. It just hit him a little bit higher than the shoulder joint and it went down through him and out his other side rear rib cage. And it, it tore a little bit of lungs out the back, but I mean, the hole was nothing bigger than a quarter, you know, with that round, but he sure as hell bit and ran right. about 30 or 40 yards. If I would have made that shot a little bit, about two inches more to the left, it would have completely destroyed the shoulder joint and he would have locked up, sat down, smiley done. It's shot placement, 99% right. of the time. And, and what, what my major gripe is online is everybody thinks there's a magic bullet to either A, preserve fur, yep. or B, dead right there, they're dead. It's not that. Practice more. Most of the bullets, unless it's a shitty, yep. really, I mean, most of these bullets out there, man, are good rounds. Even if they're target rounds or tactical rounds made for pounding steel, if you hit them in the right spot with the right velocity, even if it does splash a little bit and it may rake, wreck the fur to a certain, you know, if it's a real shitty design, I would say it will knock that coyote, tip him over, you know, not, not move, just render him dead. There are cases where it doesn't happen, but yep. the, such a high percentage that it, it's shot placement is a factor for sure. No, I totally, totally, totally agree with you. I do all the time. Uh, I'll see videos guys will like, Oh, what, you know, what happened on this? You know, why did this, why did this coyote run off? I had it, you know, I was holding on it just perfect. And I'll be like, no, like 
look, that thing is quartering to you enough. You could have just like, you can see its legs, both legs. You can see its chest. I'm like, you should have squared it up right in the center of the chest, yep. you know, and tip that, tip that thing right over backwards, but you held around the shoulder. I, yep. I think I always compare it to the reference I always use to people around here is I'm like, you shot it like you're deer hunting, you know, like you're exactly. shooting a solid, exactly. yep. like a, you know, a solid bullet and you're going to drive it right through that shoulder. Well, that just doesn't, doesn't pan out very or well. Dude. Dude, like in my opinion, exactly like me, uh, we, we do, well, I've shot a few elk and obviously I think, you know, a lot of guys will complain about the, well, this cartridge will do it with the sectional density, density, the sectional density of the bullet. It's good enough to go through. And I'm like, dude, the bigger, the better for when it comes to bigger game. And it's yeah. just, it's, it's kind of, a, I would say a fact at a certain point, but anyway, my, it's the same thing when you, when we get to coyotes you don't hold behind the shoulder behind the shoulders, your vitals. Like you shoot an elk with a good cartridge behind the shoulders to where, I mean, if you have a strong enough cartridge, you can break shoulder and possibly go through it. But if you shoot it behind the shoulder with the right cartridge selection and bullet selection, it's going to go through. If it hits a rib, it's going to break rib and go through the lungs, pierce lungs, maybe the heart, and it will die. I mean, it might not die within 30 seconds, but it will die within minutes. And the, you have yep. to disregard that kind of shot placement for coyotes because 90, I mean, I'm not going to throw out a percentage, but a high percentage, a high rate of occurrence will, will be that coyote will just nip back and bite at it and he'll freaking kink his tail and run until his lungs fill up with yep. blood. It's a, it's a DRT shot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, he's, I mean, dead on his feet shot, like a, like a broadhead, you know, a deer with a bone arrow, he, he's going to, he's going to yep. run. But if you move that shot placement to the shoulder joint and you have the velocity behind the correct projectile, it creates hydrostatic shock. It liquefies that tissue and it literally shocks the nervous system to where you'll see it a lot of times. A lot of times, man, their back legs will literally pop off the ground and they'll sit on their ass and they'll tip over locked up dead. That that is what we want on video. And like, you'll see it. I'm going to show these kills because so many people don't understand. And I don't, I mean, they're not misses, but I'm going to yeah. show these kills. Like one of them, the, one of the triples where I shot, Keith was to my left, John was to my right, which John was to my North, Keith was to my South and Keith's and John's both freaking just anchored deader in a hammer. And when I shot mine, like I said, he was tugging or something. And I might be making an excuse. I got to watch the footage, but you could, I could, I watched the round with the RS 75, a white or a black hot spot where it went in him, the little blood spot where the round went in him and he bit and he ran and I recorded him and he just, I mean, he was dead on his feet, but he ran so damn hard and ended up, I think running into a bunch of bushes and I recorded it all. I mean, you could just see blood, black, black hot, yep. just spraying out all over like a broadhead went through and tore shit out. But yep. the, the fact of the matter is it was just not the right shot placement. Yep. Nope. 100% right. I always tell my guys, like, draw a line at the shoulder and shoot them in front of it. Like, yep. if you're going to air somewhere, air forward, air towards the head before you shoot them behind the shoulder, because that will be a runner every single time. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, what what's funny is, like, I hear, you know, you see it all the time on, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook and whatever, YouTube. Uh, well, you, you should have shot him, you know, with a, you know, whatever, a random, I'm just using a random cartridge. You should have shot him with a, you know, a 243 or, you know, you can't, 
you can't shoot them with a 223. They all run when you shoot them with a 223. And I'm like, or the one, the one I've heard before, like, uh, oh, you can't, you can't use a 22250. It just pinholes them. And I'm like, that, that doesn't make any sense in, in any sort of light, unless you're shooting like a, like an FMJ or like a, you know, some solid bullet that legit is going to pinhole them. Yep. Yep. And still, I mean, that still equivalates to shot placement because like we ran, oh, what, six, seven years ago, the monolithic, the Swiss CNC machine monolithic rounds that uh, cutting edge bullets make. And I mean, we had some of the best performance out of those regarding regarding uh performance on fur and it, as long as yeah. you did what we're talking early you know earlier you, you you hit them in the shoulder and that round actually would frag the four six petals or whatever that i don't think that that, that they, they they claim that they would cut in this i'm sure they do but it, it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna create the death it was the hydrostatic shock and the rest of the base of that bullet going through the shoulder this and and you know going into all the other vitals but regardless, we had really good right. luck with those. We had really good luck with those. But also, dude, I've ran a I, 15 years ago, I had a 260 built and I tried that on coyotes with the 139 Sierra Match Kings. Yep. And those are target rounds. I mean, I shot them behind the shoulder yep. and I've 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 followed one for 150 yards before before that little pin yeah. hole filled his lungs up. And once again, it wasn't yep necessarily the bullet dude it was just shot placement if i would have shot him in the shoulders he, yeah. he wouldn't have went anywhere it would have destroyed him yeah but but totally. dude with that said totally. with that said you you and i both i'm sure agree there's there is obviously there is a hundred percent obviously better bullet selections for different applications for everything whether it's tactical shooting whether it's yeah for coyote hunting whether you're, you're a fur hunter which this year was a shit show all the way around or you know you're just planking yep. there's there's a bolt there's a proper way to select your projectile and the cartridge uh in in that that's that's kind of what we really enjoy doing yeah yeah totally i mean in my my opinion you you know you shoot a bullet that that you should be able to at least from my perspective what i look for so i'm not speaking for anyone else but so i shoot the 50 grain v max and my 22 to 50 if i hit one behind the shoulder it might spin you know a couple times and fall over it might you know go 10 feet and fall over it might do that but in you know unless you hit them low which i'm not a i'm i don't shoot them low unless it's a super Man, super yeah. rare Accident, yeah. but i always air high and forward and which obviously that's where that shoulder joint you're talking about is you know it's the same as same it is on everything else on a deer on a you know they're all they all have that that triangle in that in the shoulder that you're referring to but you know if i hit one there like i said it's going to go you know it might go 10 feet and fall over but like that bullet goes in it fragments and it creates you know, damage in the cavity, you know, versus if I hit one there with a, uh, you know, a Hornady ELDX that's made for, you know, big game at long range or whatever. And I, you know, blew a, a pen sized hole through it. You know, that thing might run 200 yards before it dies, even though it, it was a good shot. 
Yeah. Do you, do you feel like there is like a, do you feel like there's a targeted velocity that you want that gets you that hydrostatic shock or is it just by, is it totally sort of random or how does, how do you look at that? I, from what I've seen, uh, like, well, this year proves to be a little bit different because John is his night rig that he set up is a two twenty three, and I don't yeah, know, okay. like he he, I think he might have had a one coyote out of fifty. I'm I'm not over exaggerating. That might have spun and just twirled a little bit before he freaking dead died right where he was twirling. Not even run, not even ran. Yep. Um. Yep. So. He's running. I mean, a lot of guys, they're like, dude, like I said, it it all literally, man, it boils down to shot placement, but there's performance there. There's, there's some, some, you know, performance. I don't, I'm not going to say advantages that I would issue for sure that I would address for sure. I mean, anytime you can increase the velocity and therefore get more foot pounds of energy that's transferred to your target that's going to hit harder no matter what now that there's always pros and cons to that like like maybe a little bit of a goofy ass shot might turn into a a more detrimental kill shot uh maybe you're going to have more chances of a higher percentage of fur damage if that's what you're after um where you might have to go back to the drawing board and look at different bullet selections and whatnot and you know anyway uh i think from everything that i've seen those mid 3000s anywhere from 30 33 to 36 or i shouldn't say i'm not going to even yep. say the top end but anywhere from 33 on up is it, it, a lot of times man it, it just it shocks them it it, it just destroys their yep. freaking circuit you know that elect that electrical flow yep. that current that's going through their nervous system it shocks that shit so hard that it, it they just they don't they're yep. done they're done there's a point there, I think, you know, but but we're still seeing really good results with those 62s and even the 50, 50s last year, some of the 50s that John was running in that 223. But you also have to take into consideration most of our shots at night, dude. I mean, we are literally 50 yards. I mean, we we are taking a yeah. very extreme uh, take on killing coyotes close at night. Most yeah. guys will not do And it's do a that. precision shot. You're on a tripod. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, you, you're, well, dude, you do the crosshairs aren't freaking bouncing around. They're not freaking wobbling. It's not, yeah. a, I mean, there, there are certain times yep. where I've showed some videos, but, and of course they shouldn't be, you should probably be able to make a freehand shot at 50 yards, but there's, there's more skill this way or that way. When you try to, there's more skill involved regarding fooling the animal when you get them that close versus the yeah. technological advances and the precision aspect of a rifle that you can utilize at further distances. So I would say, even though people might be For bitching, sure. oh, well, those are close shots. It's it's tougher, dude, because you have to worry about a lot of variables when you're close. The wind, how well they can. Yeah. We, we've got some really cool shit this year. For, some really close coyotes, man, that most guys would never even think of. Yeah, I saw that one that you had the other day. The, the video you posted the other day of that one walking like right but right past uh one of the yeah. guys legs that was me dude right? that was me that was me and i, I had my rh25 <laughs> and i hit my record but it locked up so i couldn't record him and i i could see him blink dude when he was right down i bet he was only 
it looks a little further from Keith's perspective. He was filming behind. Um, John was filming right there beside me too, which should be pretty cool. I haven't pulled that footage yet, but he was only, dude, probably two feet from me. That was probably the closest I've been. Well, I've I called in a coyote that almost hit me by myself one time. But regardless, yeah, you, you the, the I mean, just think of that. The wind had to be perfect. Otherwise, there's no way in hell that would have happened. Right. I was staring down at him. He had no idea. Alien to him. Yeah, but regardless. Had, I was gonna say he totally had no idea you were there. No, no, none. He, 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 he was down. And by the time he looked right up at me, he was trotting. He spooked a little bit and took a jump back, but kept on going. Didn't even phase him at all, dude. You know, just crazy. But yeah, I mean, that that is wild. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's fun. It's fun. That that's, that's what we enjoy doing. I mean, the long shots are cool, but there's no intensity there for uh, maybe for the shooter, but we do a lot of long range stuff in the summer on steel and I, I have no incentive. It does yeah. do we, the, we got, I'm going to upload a video that we were using the 22250s, 62 ELDVTs and Keith shoots one and locks him up. And then John shoots the second one at 250 yards and locks him up. And when I zoom out, I, I could have, I kind of bullshitted a little bit on my IG story and said that one was like 400 and some yards away. When I zoom out, I had four or five guys message me like, Oh my gosh, dude, that's crazy. You would, if I, I, you would never be able to tell the difference on that. If I zoomed out, I mean, when I zoom out with my kill camera to how, where the shooter was, it looks like a half of a mile shot. You can't, you can't literally gauge the distance, but, um, you know, that's what a long shot would look like on video. And to me, that's not, intense at all it's cool that we have developed right. the concept and the skill set to do that and we develop our stuff to do that and we do it we practice that skill set but my goal man it's and it's my personal preference is to fool that animal's instinct and and try to create the the close range shots try to create that kill lane where we have so many guys well you could you could have shot them we don't ever see you guys do running shots why why the hell do i want to do a running shot why 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 on god's green earth do i want to i don't i don't want to i want to i want to freaking work that coyote in on my terms do i want to be able to make a running shot if i have to yeah i do but my whole goal going into this is not a running shot not a distance shot a close kill lane with a stationary target that's my whole goal to to create that on video and then say look at what we did and we're pretty lucky at doing that you know yeah yeah no for sure and i think personally like watching your videos like there is nothing sweeter than seeing those coyotes you know that are clearly very close like you can see their hair you can see i mean it's as close like it's just there's so much detail and obviously it helps looking at them in an rs75 but yeah i mean just so much detail and so like uh everything is just so so cool looking compared to looking at a white spot out there you know at 300 yards uh i just think it's i just think the detail and the and the overall just look of the video is so much cooler yeah it's just different it just gives it the it just gives it the edge it gives you it gives the the viewer the perspective of being there you know actually yeah that that's that's what the goal is is to it's almost try like, to yeah it's almost like the difference of uh you know of of shooting one in the daylight versus the dark like in the sense of when they're that much closer it's just that much more intense and exciting and um there's just no room for a mistake you can't 
you can't drop something you can't you know step on a stick you can't you know so along those lines yeah yep 100 percent. and and just it is you know there's there's a lot of people that uh just they don't have any interest in doing it that way i mean i i would be willing to bet a lot of money it would be a complete and utter shit show if we took an average guy with us and just said, "Hey, man, here's the gun. I'm gonna work the camera. You shoot him whenever you see fit." And it, it, it you know, it just wouldn't ever pan out. Uh, it, yeah. So there, there's you just. I mean, yeah. It's it's a different thing. It's just a different deal. We just like to do things a little different. Yeah. No, you do. And I mean, it pays off obviously in your videos, and you can you can clearly tell. But but yeah. No, I get it. Um. It's just uh it's just all funny to me because like I hear it all the time, like, oh my god, you shoot a twenty two two fifty, like why? You know, why do you shoot a twenty two two fifty still? Like I'm like, dude, I, I shoot coyotes and they just like you're saying, their back legs hit the ground and they tip over. Like I don't know what a guy would not like about that. Yeah. And there's a big thing right now, like the twenty two arc. The 22 Creed more just going, Sam, you're being able to readily purchase uh, loaded ammo in the right. 22 Creed. Um, and I, like I said, I was watching the guys, the, the guy that was pushing it and the other dude. And um, I've got a 22 Creed. I mean, a fast twist and running H4350, pushing an 80.5 grain, burger full bore 30. I'd have to look. I want to say 3200 somewhere in there. Awesome round. but. I mean, for me, that's uh, an awesome mid mid range, mid to long range round. Where, I mean, even a good deer cartridge, as far as that goes, with the energy that you could push, uh, and and they're just, I mean, you you, the, there's nothing against the twenty two Creed at all, but they're just trying to, I would say, over on the twenty two two fifty when. And one of the talking points that was just almost comical to me was, well, this is the contest deal, you know, and we're shooting, you know, or or not even a contest. Initially, it was the coyote calling, you know, coyote calling and and uh, the the capabilities of this out to six, seven hundred yards far exceed the twenty two two fifty. Well, they do depending on how you design and develop your twenty two two fifty. Uh, I mean, all of ours have a fast right. twist barrel, so we we do have the capability to run heavy rounds. Are we going to be able to get it pushed as fast? No, we're not. But the ballistic coefficient of the round is going to be the same out of the Creed. More. It might change a little bit with the velocity that you're getting out of a Creed. But fact of the matter is, if you're going right. to be adjusting your dope at 600 yards with the 22 Creed and this projectile, and your 2250 set up with the same projectile and it's going a little bit slower and you still have to adjust your dope at that distance how much difference does it take to give it another half a minute or another tenth of a mil on your scope when you already have all your shit ran and you know you get to the point right. where you're nitpicking i'm not going to dispute the fact that a 22 creed is faster it shoots you know it's got more case capacity it's gonna it's, it's physics it's gonna happen but when you're sitting there going, well, you know, it's a flat, it's gonna, it's flatter shooting than the twenty to fifty, and this and this and this, and blah blah blah. We're coyote calling, and you got to have, dude, ninety nine point nine percent of guys that go call coyotes don't shoot at a coyote that's four hundred yards. 
most of the guys that are going and calling yep. when you go in are shooting at a coyote that's a hundred yards, maybe two hundred yards. By by, and when you come when you compare two cartridges like that, even a Swift or something crazy to, to 22, 243 or some shit that's just rank. There, there's one might get there faster, but it's not enough to make the difference between a kill or not. It's not enough to make the difference between having an inch higher hold or not, because you're still on fur. You're still max point blank range at that distance. So the, the whole concept yep. of, of, of catering to predator callers is I'm not going to say misleading, but it's uh, kind of falls on deaf ears to me because if I am going to gear up a, a Creedmoor with a 75 or a 80.5, my whole objective is to be the long gunner in the group. I've got a guy that's going to kill shit close or the 22 Creed could kill shit close too. But the the whole concept of that build is shooting stuff 400, 500, 600, 700 yards out there, which I'm not concerned with. Because if if I if I was we'd be doing it. You know, it's it's just a whole different group of guys. Yeah, where you know most of the guys that are literally dude calling coyotes. You're and and then to boot. I mean, you put a gun like that in the guy's hands, and I'm. <laughs> I mean, how many guys are gonna? It's not an easy shot. I'm not gonna say guys can't make it because you no. can easy, but it's still not an easy shot. It's just kind of a. Uh, interesting to see how, you know, kind of like the way the 6.5 Creedmoor versus the Remington 260. The Creedmoor was a fad, or it is. I've got one. I'm looking at it right now. I've also got a Remington 260. And, dude, they're the same thing. I mean, you might be able to squeeze a little bit more out of a 6.5 Creed or a little bit more efficient, or maybe the neck doesn't stretch as much. But those are all, for the amount of guys that just fucking toss their brass, who gives a shit if the case stretches a little bit? Most guys don't even reload, dude. And if you do, you don't have to do that. Yeah, they're shooting factory ammo. Exactly. And then they freaking go buy another box. So you're the the whole – there's so many variables that go into all these arguments. And we're going to keep – dude, it's just funner than hell to go against the grain, to be honest, with a lot of those guys that are – Yeah. You know, the newer, better, this or that when – it's not necessarily. Yeah. I guarantee you, 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 you we're not going to kill any more coyotes by using a Creed versus a 250. I guarantee you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, to- I totally agree. Uh, what's funny too is, yeah, obviously it's funny hearing you say the 223. So, so you said it was John or is it John or Keith shoots 223? John is. He built one because he's running, um, uh, he's running one that's got the 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 DBM, so he's running a ten round mag, which is nice. I mean, it doesn't we don't have to use it, but it's just less reloading instead of an AI five round mag. Right. Yeah. Right. And he shoots the sixty two in that too. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Do you have you noticed any? So tell me. You can tell again. You're you're gonna know this way more than me, but I'm under the impression that it has a little bit thinner jacket than the Vmax. That the what now? Does the does the ELD VT have a thinner jacket than the VMAX? Um, you know what, dude? I might have that information straight from Hornady, but I don't recall. Uh I remember asking them the differences, and I'm pretty sure I posted it on Predator. I can't remember, man. 
That's a good question though, but I know I've got that data because I know somebody asked me and I asked that later. I asked it earlier about it. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying, I'm not saying one way or the other, but that is the impression that I got was it has a thinner jacket. It's a little more explosive, but obviously the, the weight, the, the, you know, the bullet coefficient, the so on and so forth, obviously you're gaining so much more too from it so and also it's not necessarily a bad thing that the jacket's a little thinner just obviously it's something just to consider and keep in mind but again you throw you push that thing at 3800 feet a second you know it's 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 uh it's gonna be pretty hot when it hits something yeah exactly i could i could uh dissect a couple of those rounds and just give you an idea yeah i'm i'm I thought that was at least the impression I got, but I don't, I can't say for sure, but you all, you have a one nine, you're a one and nine twist still. Um, actually I, the, the desert tech short actions, custom short action customs barrel that I have is one and nine. All of our other barrels on our, are actually the new barrels that we're running on our day rigs are 7.7 and the other okay. barrels like on our night rigs are eight. So we've, we've really, I would say almost traditionally, traditionally over the past seven or eight years, we've been running eight twists in the two fifties. And, uh, just this year we are, we're messing around with a 7.7 twist and they're hammers. I mean, we, we ran fifties in them and had no issues. And then we're running the 62s in them and they just freaking light them up. Right. Huh? Yeah. I just got a one and eight twist barrel. So uh i'm curious to play with that as well yeah they're i I like them and i mean they're i like them a lot i think it's i think i just think it's interesting hearing you talk about the the vt and then you hear and see stuff all over you know in group and forums and and different stuff about guys you know saying they got runners and they got this and they got that and you know it it just makes me wonder and you know, do you, do you notice, is there any, do you have fur damage? Do you get, you know, blowouts? Do you get this? Does those things happen with the 62s? Yeah. Yeah. We've had some, but it's not any, any worse than the fifties. No What's that? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No different than the fifties. Yeah. No, no. I would even say probably less than the fifties from what I've seen so far. Well, in theory, you'd think that it, it would be a little less just being, it's not quite as fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't know what the point of diminished turns is there. You know, I, you know, just because it's a hundred feet per second slower, you're, you have a little bit bigger round, but I think the design too, with the, the more, what is it more of a, it's it's got the yeah like the extremely low drag features you know where it's 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 yeah, got yeah. a higher bc where you've got the little abrupt yep. nose on the 50 grain vmax it's going to obviously be higher drag it almost you know would yep. be more of a penetrating round if you look at the design versus the 50 but then you're you're really nitpicking yeah. you know you gotta here here's the main yeah. thing the main right. thing the main thing that i'm saying is and i made the statement on predator masters is what are guys basing it off of? Are you basing it off of 
the first time that you went out this year and you shot a coyote and it freaking blew the shit out of him or you shot him and he ran? Or are you basing this at the end of your season yeah. after you kill 300 coyotes? I, I'm not going to base my right. – and on top of that, every single shot that you make where something doesn't add up or doesn't seem right in your mind, make damn sure you hold yourself to account and write it down. Did you pull it? Are you 100% yeah. sure that you were dead yep. nuts when you pulled that trigger? Was your shit off? I mean, what did you drop your gut? There's yeah. a lot of things that you got to look at before you can just automatically blame the projectile. Like we said at the beginning, I'm I'm not going yeah. to, dude. Unless I know that this this these guns are shooting quarter inch groups, and the first twenty coyotes we kill have some catastrophic, unreasonably outrageous damage. I'm, I'm, which has never happened, and I would be willing to bet it will never happen unless I use a, you know, a six millimeter or a some crazy ass thirty cal or seven mil, you know, just some some stupid shit. Um, I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to gauge or weigh my results or even consider, um giving any kind of expertise related to what we're using until I have X amount of bodies piled up using that. That's just my mindset. I'm the, the, the more yep. that you kill, the more obviously uh, the, the more chances for damage, the more chances for runners. But if, if you add the ratio up at the end of your season, and I, I would always go back to saying you're and you're you can hold your own with a gun. You don't freak out and you're not shooting at shit running. Well, probably how many guys are shooting at shit running and they're blowing guts out? Yep. But, well, it was a bullet. I don't know. Uh, I, but yeah. you 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 I, I'm not gonna post results until we have the end of the season and we have a couple hundred dead with them. You know, and and I, I've got there we have a hundred yeah. of them hanging right now, and I can show you. I can go out there on IG Live and record all the way along all of them and show you two coyotes out of all of them that have some damage to them. One of them because Keith had to wazoo one up the asshole because it was turned right when he shot it and it blew. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. We we There was three of them on this bait pile and the guy said, I don't give a shit. If you guys don't do this when you're here, I will have the state come in. And so the, when we get into that situation, it's no holds barred. And that coyote dropped like a hammer, dude. He shot it right up the wazoo with the 62 and it went up in him and he freaking dropped like I, – I had no idea. I couldn't tell till I watched this footage. I'm like, holy shit, dude. You should have told me. I would have stopped the countdown. And then the other one is – it might have been early before I got these new 62s, and it might have been a 50. I can't remember. But there's one that's got a little bit of a gut puncture coming out. And it went through the back of the shoulder and out the other side. Not the one the other night, but it's still not. I mean, all I would have had to do is step on them and pull the coyote, and it would have been you know, out a little bit of fat, a little bit of long hanging yeah. out. And, it, and, it, and you wouldn't have been able to tell. But out of all of those that are hanging, yep. there is nothing that's catastrophically damaged regarding fur. And go back. It's worthless anyways this yep. year because the dipshit's out there. But yeah. performance, right. yep. performance regarding kill ratio, the amount of runners that we've had per the amount of coyotes that have freaking locked up and it's it's they're 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 an awesome round, dude. So far, you just got to make sure yeah. you shoot yeah. straight. So one thing that I that you said throughout that that I'm going to come back on is one thing that I don't think enough people are is accountable. 
for themselves when the time comes to pull the trigger. Like everybody wants to pull the trigger. If one runs off, it, they just say my stupid rifle, my stupid gun, my stupid scope, my stupid bullets. Yep. Instead, like for example, like me the other day, I'm like, hey, no, look at this video, watch this, see where you should have aimed. You know, just be critical on yourself like find figure out what you did wrong you know especially when it comes to thermal and videos and i mean so many things are recorded nowadays you got a chance to go back and watch it and see what you did wrong and it's perfectly okay to mess up and fix it you know you don't get to it, it, that's one of the greatest things that we have nowadays is to be able to go back and say dang it i messed up i pulled it i did this whatever but I think it's just so easy for people too to just say, yep, uh, I'm going to get a new rifle. I'm going to shoot new bullets. You know, this one sucks, but I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, how has your, we talked about a little bit before I jumped on, but how has your winter been for coyote hunting? the the daytime we're we're lacking daytime video just because and I'll be honest and it's not because we're we're lazy or we're getting old uh but we have had an abnormal amount a, 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 an influx of guys that have got a hold of us this year that have problems and want coyotes dead and you're not going to do that yeah. you're not going to aid in that problem by going out and calling them during the day i don't care how good of a caller you are and you might get lucky, dude. I don't, I mean, you might get lucky and you might call in a pack of, 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 of a family pack and kill three or four or five or the whole damn thing. You might kill all five or six of them and help a problem, a, a certain spot. But, but the majority of times, man, you're, you're not going to fix a problem during the day by calling unless you're in an airplane or unless you know how to set really good yeah. traps. So we've been going out at night and just, it's a bad deal. It's and I'm I'm I, once again I'm not bragging, but I'm telling you the facts of life, and it's been a, a murder fest. We have been, we I mean, when you have twelve synced triples, ten of which are all three on the same screen, and you're doing it consistently. Uh, next year, I don't even know what we're gonna do. You know, to top what we've done this year, I, I just I don't know. And we're just right. getting started. We're just getting started. Guys are starting to calve now. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. it's. I get to the point where that coyote that you saw the other night on ig live that walked by me i in my mind up as yeah. soon as he walked right down by my feet i was not going to kill that coyote i'm like this dumb little bastard i i i if he if you go down there to the bait i'm posted here i'm I'm not going to shoot him i know in my mind that coyote's not freaking a problem in the calving lot he's just doing there he's just there doing his thing he's just there eating because it's free he's just there because we killed all the dominant alphas off of that an hour earlier and he's finally getting his chance to come in. Right. So I get to the point, dude, where I'm like, this is a bad deal. This is just it, every year I get to the point where this shit's just skin, but we've had an overwhelming amount of guys that have called this a, a lot, dude, way more guys, guys. I, I'm not going to, we, I, I won't say, I won't, I'm not going to say, but uh, the nighttime has been just, spectacular for the the kill ratio um during the day would be but when you go out at six o'clock or seven o'clock at night and you're standing 
not sitting, you're standing behind your tripod and you just go, dude, I always say we go to the realm, we go to the quantum realm. We're in the matrix when that thermal is on our heads and we're sitting there because before you know it, it's two o'clock in the morning, whether you're driving to a set or around or not, when you're out there in the middle of nowhere, literally 40, 50 miles from any town and you're sitting there behind the tripod, you lose track of space and time, dude. You have no, you, you, (laughs) the only way I can tell is if I look down at my Garmin tactic seven, then I'm like, Oh shit, it's time. You know, what do I want to wake up early tomorrow or not? By the time you get done, then we work out, we do the chores and we work out and, and the day's over already. And like, we got to make one day set. We only have time for one day set. And then we got to go. It's, it's not even, I'm not going to say it's not fun, but like this year has been a grind. It's been work. It has literally been a job. Seriously, not, not, not us just gearing our stuff up and going out and having fun. Like an average guy, this has been legitimate going into guys' places and doing a hammer job for them because they've had issues. Yeah. How how many, like how many coyotes do you go and shoot off of these places before you're like, all right, we're good here. Um, <laughs> it's a good question, dude. Um, my little guy just walked in with a little, I heard something. I couldn't see it over a chair. My little two-year-old walked over here, but he was just like, <laughs> um, he, the, the last guy that we went to, we killed, we've probably killed. T- see 12 there. I'd say mid twenties getting close to 30 off of his place in one location. Um, and they didn't even know that we were doing killing as much as we were uh, initially. Like I, I never sent him a picture. I, I'm just like, Hey man, do you care if we come in? He's like, Nope. I, I, I actually never got contacted from him till way late, way late, way later than I thought. And, and I'm glad because we were doing work for other guys. And um, he gets a hold of me. He goes, Hey man, you guys gonna do some work for me this year? Or, and I'm like, I've just been waiting for the green light buddy. And it's a really good spot for us. Cause it's not too far away. And we establish a territory by doing what we do for him to where he won't let anybody else come in. I mean, you, when we kill 50 coyotes a year around him, dude, we are eliminating the coyotes that have established a territory on his place. And there's a transient animal coming in that probably isn't real alpha-ish. They're more of a satellite beta. You know how that goes. I mean, there might be something nasty that moves in. But most of the nasties do during this time of the year have their territory established regarding the biological standpoint. And and we're killing those yeah. coyotes. So most of the time, like goes back to looking at that little pup. I'm not gonna shoot that little pup. He's just helping, dude. He's just eating mice. He's not hurting up. He's cleaning up some after. But you can't tell them that because because his wife yeah. called me. His wife called me. <laughs> yeah, did. they want you to shoot all of them. Exactly. Exactly. His wife messaged me one day. And we couldn't make it over for a week because it was, I'm not making excuses. It was just crap conditions. The wind was wrong. The wind was completely wrong for where we wanted to go and where our highly, you know, our super high success rate is. And you just almost can't access it from the other direction because that's where all the coyotes are. And you have to know that. You have to know yeah. that before going in. Otherwise, you're never going to, you're not going to do what we're doing. You're not going to amount to the body count that we're for getting. Sure. But the last day she messaged me and she's like, Hey, if you don't guys don't come in here, um, I'm going to call so-and-so and so. And I'm like, listen, we've killed, we've killed a dozen there already. Uh, the wind's been wrong. She's like, well, they spooked my horse through a fence last night and he's lucky to be alive. I'm like, 
we will be over there tonight. And just stars miraculously lined up. The weather was good. The wind was correct. We went over there and we killed five the first night and then five the next night. We could have probably killed quite a bit more. And we've killed like 15 for them in the past few days over there. So, um, I mean, the 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 he he asked me after so the last few that i've been we've been killing over there i've been taking pictures we've been stacking them up and i take a picture and i send them to him just so he knows hey dude you know because he'll he'll come in and check and see our pickup sitting where he pulls into his barn and we go off on foot and walk however far you know we're just out going mobile um and then uh he messaged me and asked that exact question hey dude you know what you do you think then I'm safe to kick my pears out. For the guys that don't understand pears, a mama cow and a baby calf. Pears out, what they do is you have a, you have a calving yeah. lot and usually the calving lot gets kind of shitty unless you're really lucky to have a big location to kick them out to a pasture and calve out there, which some guys are doing. But in this time of the year, when it's this crappy of weather, you have them close, you have them confined so that you can address any issues as they arise without having to try to ha- go out in the middle of a pasture where they're covered up and dead. You can, you can see them, you can check them easily. So once they have a calf and the calf's up and sucking and he gets dried off and he's a few days old and he's strong enough, they'll, you kick pears out to eliminate a lot of mess ups, cows claiming other calves, calves getting navel oil, calves getting scours, all sorts of shit that you deal with. So he asked me, Hey, do you, do you, um, think that it's safe for me to kick my cows and calves, my pears out? And I'm like, geez, man, uh, this is how many that we've killed on you. And I would be willing to bet from what we've seen and heard since we killed all of those, we probably have taken care of a third to half. And that's not, you know, and I didn't say that's not, (laughs) that's disregarding anything else that's going to move in. But man, that's probably a arrogant statement to him because I don't know. I, I genuinely, honestly don't know that if what I'm right. saying is an eighth or a tenth of what's actually out there, because we can't see everything. We're in a spot where it's kind of like a creek bottom. We're, we're we're really limited visually. We're we're killing coyotes, and then we're trying to watch which coyotes get away, you know. And so, and those coyotes that get away will come back. But it, it's tough, dude. It's it's hard for me to try and and engage that that approximation with how many coyotes we kill in an area before we think that we are helping them out. Some ranchers, dude, will go in there and, you know, they have a, they have a dominant pair that is literally in there and we'll just go camp out in their calving lot and address the issue with the coyotes that are coming in. You know, you'll see the coyotes, the, the pair that come in together that are coming from a pasture yeah a mile away and you know they've established a territory over there and they're coming in to wreck shit or they're coming in to do their thing we kill them and a lot of times they don't have problems for quite a while but um this year's crazy there's a lot of coyotes out there and we're killing a lot of them yeah that's always been my uh impression or like my idea at least around here is like you usually have one or two like a pair or like a like maybe it's just a dominant pair i don't know but usually there's only a, you know a few of the coyotes that are usually real quote you know quote unquote problems and then you know once you get rid of them usually the rest are you know fairly fairly 
you know, not a, not an issue, but yeah, yeah, they're just yeah, they're just yeah. there. They're just they're just there doing their thing, man. They're 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 there to fill the void that the other ones kick their ass out of. Yeah, for sure. No, so I'm sure you I'm sure you see that on a lot bigger scale out there when the guys are having issues, you know, direct issues, and you can go and kill them, and then the next day they're not having issues anymore. Yeah, I mean, the I mean, just to kind of put it into perspective. We have a guy that's been asking me to go kill on his for a couple years. And I told him one year, dude, I promise we'll go over there. And we did. And we killed maybe a half of a dozen, which I can tell you didn't put a dent in the shit that was going on there. But the problem was that you can't tell them is you have neighbors, dude, that are enjoying calling and they're in your backyard. And I can't go in and do a work unless you have some kind of a bait pile strategically set up that we can access fairly easily because I'm not going to exert all of my time and energy when I have my own stuff to do and all these other guys' shit to do. I want to help you out. I want to acquire more footage, but you have to work with me a little bit, which I believe this guy was. But you get to the point where they can't rely on it. We can't go everywhere. I mean, I can't. I can't. I I just – it's it's just – it's dude – it's you they're not they're not paying us to do it so my whole goal my whole idea going to this is if we help them enough they'll give us an exclusive access well i've been fortunate to be able to do that with basically guys that almost border us so anybody that comes in and tries to haunt the areas that we're in they don't get access we have it that's all i want because then that secures the deal for us to get some good day footage and then they know damn well when they start calving they just call us and say hey dude and we're there all night if it take if that's if if need be but anyway this guy had an issue a bad one and he has neighbors that i went to school with in high school and got along really good with them they used to have a lot of walk-in and i think that walk-in helped put pressure on coyotes and we would walk two three miles and just get the coolest cinematography regarding visual visual on daytime stuff big buttes huge draws almost canyons for out in this country and um awesome scenery for calling and we would usually walk up in there and kill you know a good three to six coyotes during the day and uh and I know for a fact a lot of those coyotes were coming out of those hills and coming right straight down into the ranch. It's just it's just the 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 features, the terrain features that that allowed those coyotes to do that. That's just that was their house, that was their home, that's where they went. And um anyway, they took all the walk-in out and I asked them, I'm like, hey man, I don't they're like, well, we've had a lot of issues deer hunting. And I'm like, I don't care about deer hunting, man. I just loved walking up in there and hunting coyotes. I have plenty of access. I'm asking you if you tell me no, I'm not going to get butt hurt. I just would like an answer if you'd let me to go or not. They're like, well, we'd prefer not. So basically, they shut it off to everybody for any kind of hunting, which is it's their personal property. They have every right. That's fine. I respect it. Um, and then a neighbor beside them is like, hey, dude, James, you know, I got a massive problem, blah, blah, blah. Well, y- you you can only do so much when 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 a situation like that arises because you 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 can't trespass you you have to call them with a certain wind to get the coyotes to come where you need them to come so that you can kill them quote unquote legitimately on the ground that you're supposed to be on and anyway yep we we didn't hunt it we never went over we never hunted it at all 
And the, I had the, I had two cats last year that I, it might've been, yeah, two cats that I killed last year, Bobcats. And I had my state trapper, uh, yep. uh Tanum. He ha- he knew a guy that did tanning and did a really good job, by the way. I'm looking at him right now. Really cool. He only charged me a hundred bucks. Well, 50 bucks. That's average, but, um, awesome cats to hang up on the wall, real pretty and soft now, but he came in to drop those off and I wrote him a check and we were talking, they flew over that area. And killed a hundred and almost 150 coyotes. And it in in oh my the area and the area isn't big. It's not as big as you would think. Um, so you, you you can't put a number to an educated guess. I mean, it, it, when you look at that scenario, yeah. how how do I go? Well, just because where we are and these coyotes are coming into where we are in those draws, in those canyons, in those buttes a mile over there, is there uh, a half of a dozen that go back up in there or are there 20 or 30? Now, I'm not saying this was only a section of ground. I mean, it was probably five square miles or a little bit bigger, you know, which still, dude, the population of coyotes in that area is insane, but there was no hunting. That's crazy. And and there's even sheep up in certain places up there, and the guys don't give people access. And I completely understand that, and I respect it because you know what? If if I what, with what I do, I wouldn't let anybody. I, well, the way that we operate, dude, the way that we go in and kill shit, <laughs> I know that 99 percent of people don't do it how we do it, and I would not be content letting some freaking Yahoo or just regular hunter go in on my ground and do what we're doing. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't allow it. So I do not fault them for not allowing us to do it. So what do they do? They have the state hunter come in, they have the airplane fly and they murder all of them, all of them. And, uh, where we go in and we're selective, I've said it before, you know, we could go in and, uh, and sit camp, take care of the coyotes that are problems and leave the ones that aren't B. but you, 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 it goes back to, you can't tell them, you can't tell them what a problem and what's not a problem. You know, you, you do, you do what they ask right. and you go freaking kill mode. And that's what we're doing. Kind of yeah. interesting. Right. Kind of interesting. Huh. I never heard of, in, yeah, I never heard of that. in in uh, so you're in uh, South Dakota, correct? Yep. 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 I never, I never heard of the, you know, the airplane and the having the state come in before. Oh yeah. 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 And, and it, and it's probably honestly a bigger spot. It's probably more like, ah, dude, I don't see it being 10 by 10. I don't see it being that big. It might be five miles by 10. Um, you know, but it had to be a pretty big, it, it was crazy. I mean, it was a, it was there, there, there's a lot, there's a high population of coyotes around this year in my location a lot. And, uh, uh, I think, and, and it was because of the winter last year uh, that we had a winter that was outrageously bad, terrible. And the only thing that it didn't kill was the coyotes. It killed deer. It killed cattle. Yeah. It killed a lot of shit yeah. and those coyotes survived on them and they thrived. So they're just, that's how they work. But um, yeah, here, dude, we have planes. And when we took legislation to the state a few years ago to get the thermal and night vision bill passed, that was part of it um, because X amount of dollars is allocated or spent on uh, on, on depredation, on predator control and, and all sorts of stuff like that. And I had the statistics at the time and it was a lot of money, dude. I want to say millions of dollars spent on Dang. predator control in, in numerous States, not a lot of States, but in numerous States, millions of dollars per state. 
is it, I don't know if I, I might be wrong. It, it might be millions of dollars that is reported in, in annual damages that predators cause and the, 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 the plane and the trappers and whatnot might be in the hundreds of thousands that, that get paid to do that, which is, you know, it, 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 it those guys are legit. That's what they do. But, um, it's a hundred percent of thing here. Like we did a pot. You, you know who Cal Taylor is. <laughs> you should ask him to get on a podcast, dude. Have you, you know who yeah. that dude is? Um, yeah, he would yeah, do it. listen to all your stuff with him. Yeah, dude, you call him and, and get him on. He, he, that's what he does. Uh, and he, he'll, he'll freaking ring some bells, but he, uh, he wanted to get me out there to go in an airplane or a helicopter and they just go out there and mow them down out there in sheep country and stuff and just kill the shit out of them. But we have that here. If, if a guy has a bad enough issue, they call and they got a guy on the ground and uh, you know, he kind of locates and then the airplane flies and they communicate and this and that, and uh, they kill the hell out of them. Huh? That's crazy. Yeah, they they do that in quite a few states. Crazy, I mean, I, maybe not quite a few, but in in a few states, yeah. Dang, that's wild, man! I can't even imagine. But yeah, I guess you know you got to do what you got to do. But man, that's crazy. <clears throat> Hundred and fifty coyotes. Yeah, in that area. Yep. And Dang. I don't care how good you are at calling, you ain't gonna put a dent in that shit. You're not. You, 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 the only way you're going to no. put a dent in that, the only way you're going to put a dent in that shit is doing what they did. You get a contract killer in, or you get a guy that knows how to trap and that's how you do it. Calling or dude, you know what you, if you had a bait pile, we could put a dent in it. I'm not, I'm not saying that to brag, but if we strategically set a bait pile, it would take a lot of work. It'd probably take us all winter long, but if we killed, you know, five coyotes every night, you know, in 10 nights or 20 nights, you know, yeah, eventually some of them are going to wisen up, but, but you, you, even if you kill half of them, you're, you're putting a dent in what is there and that's what we're doing for guys. That's, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what we're doing for guys. We're, we're drawing them into a location instead of, you know, actually going all the way up into where they are, but we're still, you know, it's, it's still a lot of work, dude. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a ton of work. I mean, that's, that is work really. Yeah, it is. It is, but I'm not going to, I had one dude af- offer to pay me money, handed me a roll of bills. And I said, man, I appreciate the offer. I genuinely appreciate it, but you take that. I understand what you're going through. I do the same thing and I'm here to help. You know, I go, I don't think that I don't appreciate the offer, but I, I, yeah. all you have to do is just, if you, if, if you need something, you let me give me free and reasonable access and I'll come help you anytime. And then, you know, just give us an exclusive. Somebody else wants to come in here and randomly call, just tell them, no, you got a guy that's taking care of it. That's all I ask. And so that, like I said, that's a big, yep, huge yep. deal for us because then it allocates that piece for us to, to maybe get some cool day footage. And guess what? If we go in there and we do everything, like I'm saying, we jack it up, we fail. Doesn't mean we don't go in there with thermal and eliminate the problem that we just messed up. Cause that's what we, you know, I yeah. mean, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen, but still that's, that is my mindset. Yeah, that's one of the, honestly, that's one of the biggest challenges I think that, you know, especially like in my area and I think a lot of the Midwest, uh, just the, you know, there's just a lot more population. There's a ton of hunters. I mean, there is, you know, there's two, three guys calling, calling different spots. There's, you know, 10 guys calling one block of, you know, you know, 600 acres. Yeah. 
I mean, I do understand and uh, I understand that. And, and uh, I definitely appreciate where we are. It's just, yeah. and you even go to other places, dude. And I think I have it good. You go to places where guys never hit the same spot twice and they just go call. I mean, you just yeah. go call and you call and it's yep. just completely, and we're, we're not even in that spot. You know, we're, we're literally having to work yeah. for it, but we're not having to work for it. Like even East of us here where the population, where there's a ranch or a farm stead every half of a mile or a mile, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which that's what it's like here. I mean, there might be, you know, you might have this block of timber and there might be, you know, four different guys that call it from, you know, there might be a guy on this 40 acres and there might be a guy on that 60 and a guy on that 80 and, yeah. uh, getting pretty crazy. But, um, you know, I think there's, I, I certainly honestly don't think it's helping the, I think there's more coyotes. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. People are killing them in the grand scheme of it, you know? Oh, a hundred percent, dude. And you, you, you couple the, the technology, the thermal, the night hunting stuff, dude, it, it's, that's could be a reason why there's more coyotes too, because I, if you're not going out there and you're dedicating part of your life to this, like, like, like legitimately, you aren't doing anything other than creating more of a problem. And and I don't want people to get offended at that. You just have to sit your ass back and think about what I just said. If you are not out there yeah. constantly devoting time, energy, resources to do a job for people that need it, and you're just out there to have fun, what's fun? What Okay, when you go have fun, it doesn't matter if you fucking mess up. You are, you're having fun. It doesn't matter if you're at work and you mess up. Yep. That's that, that reflects on everything. Your, your, your livelihood, the ability to do what you want to do next month with a budget, everything, dude. Um, and a lot of people just don't understand that when you go out and that's the thing about thermal, I explain it to everybody. I'm like, dude, you get yourself a weapon site, but you, you, you're best off devoting the, the money right now. And, and getting a scanner because you're not seeing everything that's going on. And even if you are having to make the transition or a follow-up shot with a narrow field of view with a higher magnified optic. And then even if you don't use that kind of an optic and you have a, you know, a one X you, then you're compromised at a mid range shot. So there's so many, right, anyway, right. there's, there's just the night deal is what's really, I mean, the amount of people that I hear just freaking squawking it off out of their pickup and I, to be honest dude that's why we that's why the the bay piles are so effective for us i mean it eliminates all of those coyotes that have heard the sound they it eliminates any coyote that's call shy they go in regardless they're going to come yeah. in there and eat you just got to catch yep. them on their own time at their pattern when they're going to do it and you kill them but yeah. you ain't going to call them in, yep. in there, you know, in this year, I've had so many guys that have sent messages, so many guys, probably more than normal. What, what I, I, there's so many coyotes here guys, but I, James, but what, what do I, what do you use? How do, what do you, what are you doing? I'm like, man, what's your walk in further? That ain't going to help it. Play a different sound. That's not going to help it. Uh, tell the guys that are thermal in to fucking hit their target and kill the coyotes that are coming into the call. That'll help a lot of it, you know? 
It's crazy. Tell them to, tell them to call with the right wind. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 in, you eventually, you know, some guys are going to get butt hurt at, at what's being said, but I'm just, that's why I like doing what I do because I'm not out to step on anybody's toes. I'm not out to, to compete with somebody. I don't, I, I give two shits about contests. I, 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 this is work, dude. You know, this isn't me trying to go win yep. a quick buck on the weekend. This is fucking work for a lot of guys that depend on it. And, uh, and, and that makes everything that we do more valuable than anybody can even understand you know yeah cal will understand yep. it cal knows it's his job that's what those guys do you know they appreciate it they respect yeah. it you respect everything anyway the, but yeah it's it's you like you said dude the coyotes the population it's they're they, it they're not as i i honestly do think it'll be interesting i've been saying it for a couple of years what is going to happen in the next couple of years i don't know if there's more coyotes that we've seen this year because of the snow, like we were saying earlier, of that storm, or because of what you and I are kind of discussing right now. I don't know. But in the next few years, yeah, we're going to be able to mark a trend if it's going that way. Yeah. No, I, I think that – I also think that there will probably be – I think there's going to be a – there right now I would say we're probably still on the rise of hunters, um, at least you know thermal hunters, coyote hunters. I would say from my perspective, we're probably still on a rise, but I would – I'm I'm guessing in the next two to three years we're gonna start to see it go back down again because it's gonna be hard. It's gonna it's getting harder, but it's gonna continue to get harder until something changes. In my opinion, and, yeah, I think so. You, know, you it's can't just, just keep adding hunters and hunters and hunters and hunters and hunters and just magically, you know, something changes. I just think that it's gonna get hard enough that guys are gonna have a hard time getting into it because they're not going to have any success or yeah, very little. Exactly. They'll just get, you know, they'll, they'll just, they'll go out and they'll just, they'll get discouraged and it, it won't be like the YouTube video that they just saw is like, and they'll be discouraged. You know, they won't go out and call yeah, in two right. coyotes or five or, or they won't go kill 70 coyotes at night. Um, yep. Some of them will, but the majority won't. The vast majority will not. Yep. Period. It's just how shit works, and it's not because they're not good. It's because they can't devote the time and resources to do it because of what their For sure. lifestyle is. Period. But um, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I it, things go in cycles, definitely, and and not only do does technology and um you know educating the species have an adverse effect on a hunter's success but there's also the fact of the value of that animal and when they devalued the coyote here in the past couple of years so that the fur went from an 80 dollar fur to a 10 dollar fur all of our coyotes yeah. dude that we have hanging are going to the earth they're going back to dust they're not going yep. to somebody to wear. They're going right back into the dirt. Yep. And that's the suckiest, shittiest thing to see when it's the prettiest, most renewable resource on earth, other than grass that we feed cattle. I mean, the 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 dumb yep. pieces of shit that are at Canada Goose that the antis got to that deleted the real fur around the hood for uh fabricated synthetic faux fur that when the somebody gets a rip in their coat and they've got the faux insulation now instead of goose down they go bury that coat 
it's going to be there for 2,000 years versus coyote fur and goose down that's going to be part of the topsoil in three years. These dumb idiots, dude, they don't understand anything. They think we're just out there to kill shit, to kill shit because we're white guys and we have fun. That's what we do. And they have no concept of what it takes to not only provide food, but to literally balance the ecosystem that the human race has created. They don't fucking understand, but they'll be the first ones to burn up every damn carbon energy, carbon credit, just so they can get on the computer and freaking type some bullshit comment that makes them feel good. You know, I, it, 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 it's that, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a talking point that I get pretty freaking lit up on. And I, I want to start doing a lot more uh, videos going over that kind of stuff because it, the, the comment section in the shorts and the videos that we do is, is uh, unrelatable to me. Unrelatable. I can't relate to 99% yeah. of them. I don't, I don't even understand. Uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. I, I don't get it. But uh, I do think I'm going to start trying to use your uh, your strategy there. I'm going to start. I'm going to have to start telling people, okay, here's the deal. I'll kill them. I'll kill them. But you can't. You got to let, not let other people in here then. Exactly, dude. Tick for tack. It's a, a likes attract likes. I will devote my time, my energy, my resources and show you the responsibility that I can take to help you out. If you give me something in return and all I'm asking for is access, exclusive access, and I will prove it to you, you know, that there's, that, that's a yeah. perfect, that's a perfect trade-off. It's a perfect trade-off in my mind. Yeah. I've gotten some spots like that just, just by default, because like, um, there was, I have a handful of spots that other people hunted and, uh, I just, I killed them when I went there and you know, over time, the landowner's like, hey, I, I want you to come back because you kill them. So I'm not going to let anybody else come here as long as you're going to keep killing them. I'm like, that's absolutely perfect. I'll yep. kill more of them if that's the case. Yep. The main thing is you can easily you can easily bite off more than you can chew if you're not careful. Easily. It doesn't take sure. long, dude. It doesn't take long, especially like with what I do, ranching, cattle, you know, you're you're devoted to your own shit. And then when the guy calls, you 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 do your 10 o'clock, your midnight, your 2 a.m. check, and then you're freaking rolling over. And then you come back and do a four <laughs> check. You're you, it's it's you, yeah, you you definitely can overdo it. Yeah. No, I totally could see that. I mean, you you gotta be going, you know, all the time. Like just you're just constantly running probably right now. Yeah, not not super hard yet. We we don't yet we are, but like we're not calving yet, but other guys are. So it's actually right. perfect where we can the damage that we're doing for the guys that are is huge because then when it comes to us, it's going to be a lot easier job to keep those guys happy. Right. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. But it's it's lucky. It's a lucky year. Yeah. I mean, so far. I mean, knock on wood. <clears throat> excuse me yeah right you still you have you don't have any snow anymore do you or did you just get some no it's just going dude right now um it, it was bare and then we're supposed to get i think three to six inches but then the temperatures hit back up into the mid 40s next week so it'll all melt yeah it's uh is it is it easier for you to get into places now without without the snow 
Yeah. Oh, big time. Like last year, dude, it was inaccessible to 99% of the places where we would go inaccessible. And I mean, no way, no, no, even on foot, dude, it was unreal. The amount of snow that we had last year, I've never seen it. And I, I hope that I never see it again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think we uh recorded the one podcast last year right before you got that huge snow the one yeah. huge huge snow Jeez. oh uh, yeah bad deal well yeah and then it gets so loud like you know and it just makes sneaking back to the spots hard and uh whatever it is but yeah just getting it's been there. it's been weird it's been weird here this pat like the past couple of weeks um the hunting is just just absolutely on fire i don't know what it is Uh, i don't know if it's just the you know because we have no snow it's you know it's been 50 it's been you know we haven't had snow in two weeks or so but it's just it's just been on fire lately and i can't put a finger on it to what it is i feel like we never had this good of luck this time of or like this part of february but uh, i'm certainly not complaining yeah, exactly. That's cool, dude. Good for you guys. Yeah. Well, I don't think I have anything else for you, James. Uh, it's been it's been awesome talking to you as always. So I appreciate the time and you making the time to to jump on with me. Yeah, anytime, dude. If you want to do another one anytime, let's just go over some talking points and uh and absolutely I'm down anytime. It's fun. I enjoy doing these. Are you gonna have videos coming out like uh soon, regular? How are what's your plan for releasing all your thermal stuff? Um, so first what I'm going to do now is I've actually got, oh man, I don't even know a hundred kills that I got to get to rich at ultimate night vision for him, for the RS 75 from this year. And that's not including last year's stuff. So he's going to have, he's going to put together (laughs) probably a nasty kill comp, but the thermal, that's why the thermal is just kind of, to me, is just not nearly as valuable as daytime because we'll kill 100 coyotes and it'll be worth one video or 50 coyotes and it'll be worth one video. Yeah. Where if we go out and kill a solid double or triple, it'll be worth one video during the day. But regardless, um, what I'll, I'll do is uh, this year with all the shorts and the the trend in – and uh content and how it's created you know like going from the docu series or documentary style videos that are hours long to to the shorter or to the long content to the shorter content to now you see these kids just thumb through shit and 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 and, you know through shorts and reels i'll I'll probably cut all of the the whole thermal video up and and do you know individual shorts youtube shorts out of it and just just more content for different devices but uh, I'm working on two really cool doubles right now, daytime doubles. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do a full fledged production, like music stuff. I've had a pretty, a lot of guys that are like, dude, you know, I kind of like it this way better. So I'm not sure. I'll kind of get some vibes from the viewers and see if I can start getting some complaints. Um, and then, uh, we're going to get some more day footage definitely up into March when we start calving and, and get another three or four or five you know, productions out, but the thermal stuff will be going. And then I've got a lot more content that I'm going to be going, going for dude. Like we're going to do Amatine's going to come up. You remember, you remember Amatine, right? Yep. He's going to come up, dude. We're just going to start filming stuff all year round. Like, uh, everything that we do, not just, 
you know, more, more reviews, more shooting, the, the training aspect physically yep. and, and trigger and just stuff like that. We have some pretty big dudes, dude, that wanted to come out this year. I don't know if they will or not, but um, one dude was Lunkers TV. I, he's got like two point yep. two couple million subscribers. He got a hold of me and said, holy shit, man, I, I don't know how I overlooked you guys, but uh, would you care if I came out? And I'm like, ah, you know, come whenever you want. Which it's it honestly, I, I would actually prefer not to have them. I would like to do my own thing. But Mike Glover got a hold of me on. Actually, I messaged him first. It's not like he reached out to me. I re, I I followed him and I reached out to him and tagged him in a Instagram story. And he sent me a message and said, "Hey, brother, I don't know how I missed this, but we'll be traveling across the country in March, and I'd love to do a cross collab with you." And I'm like, fucking bring your gun. You can teach us a few things about shooting, you know, close quarters or whatever you do. And we'll fuck take yeah. you into kill box and let you thermal some shit. And then maybe we could get sit him down to a podcast that th- those guys are, or I would say, uh, th- their brain is engaged differently regarding the, 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 a, a larger spectrum of, you know, the political arena. I don't really yep. follow that. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I'm kind of interested in it, but kind of not. But but him and I fall along similar lines regarding prepper style. I mean, he's doing survivalist. He's doing prepping. We're doing the same thing on a larger scale with animals. You know, I mean, it, it's it's nothing out of the ordinary when we're spending. We're, we're like ants, dude. We're working all year round to put up hundreds of thousands of millions of tons of hay and feed for cattle so that they don't starve throughout the winter. So just, you know, it's, it's a very similar concept and that, that part of what he does intrigues me. And so I don't know how we would structure a podcast because I like to have them kind of organized, but, uh, I don't know how I'd organize that shit. We just sit down and bullshit and do an hour or something. So we, it's, it's cool, dude, the content, the contacts that we're making and it'll be, hopefully we have a good year and we get somebody like that, that kind of, um, gets what we do out there a little bit more. And maybe picks yeah. up a little more traction, or there's a venue for us to, for for somebody like me to express what I told you earlier about, you know, people just think we're killing to kill, and we can it, we can yeah. compound the whole concept of it's it's not that it's a lot more, and you dumb shits that you don't think you're holier sure. than thou aren't right. So if we can get that vibe out there and 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 smack some people in the face, dude, uh, that's what I'm all about. Yeah. And get it in front of a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be really cool. So, but who knows? See, they, pro- they yeah, probably awesome. won't even. It, it would be awesome, but it might not ever happen. It might happen. It might not. But we have been contacted by guys like that. So it's just cool to to even see guys like that get a hold of us, dude. You know, it's it's pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah, totally cool. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I'm sure uh, you guys will have all kinds of kinds of cool cool stuff coming up and for the record i like the long production daytime videos so you can put my cool, vote on that nope, one. i appreciate that like the kind that's got like the, <laughs> the 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 filmed b-roll of us getting in and this and that and stuff yeah. like that yeah yep nope no, that, yeah, that's what i need uh, it's just not it's just there's just not a lot of it out there anymore so it's just yeah i mean yeah. to me i like it yeah it's just I'll, cool I'll, to see and watch I'll Whatever. do I'll do the last one that way. The last one. I've got content for it, dude. And then hopefully we can go out and get some in the snow here and get a get a cool snow one this year to do too. Yeah. 
that'd be cool too you can't be the good snow dog yeah exactly snow camel it always gets the views dude <laughs> yeah for sure all right well i'll let you go thanks for thanks for joining me i'll put all james's info uh for o'neill ops and stuff in the description below so you guys can find it if you haven't heard of them or seen them already and like i said i got two episodes from season one uh with james so they're all good and he's just a great wealth of knowledge and actually his podcast is really good too i've listened to all of his episodes and there's some in there that are deep dives with just you know super super uh as he calls subject matter experts and uh i personally enjoy enjoy them all so check them out follow him subscribe youtube his youtube channel is literally one of the best out there so thanks james i appreciate your time i appreciate it drew the pleasure is all mine buddy anytime you just give me a call thank you sir another great episode with james o'neill from o'neill ops uh all his description all his info is in the description below you guys check it out follow him i mean seriously some of the best coyote hunting footage uh thermal daytime all of it i mean it's just it's the best out there in my opinion and uh james is just a wealth of knowledge like i mentioned and like you probably heard but <clears throat> there's so much you can learn from him and i encourage you guys if you're a predator hunter just check him out follow along with him and you never know what you might pick up from him if you guys want to support me check out dark night outdoors go to the description below find my discount codes that you can save a little money on thermal optics and accessories you'll be glad you did and as always find me on instagram predator podcast underscore drew message me and follow along with my uh, adventures here this winter i'll do my best to keep it updated and i usually am pretty responsive to messages so uh shoot me a message give me a follow and keep in touch with me there we will be back next week with another episode of the predator podcast but until then shoot straight